Hi there and welcome to Colour Fit Chat number four. This week I'm delighted to say we've got Ted Munson on the show. Ted is a certified nutritionist, he's got a master's in nutrition. I first came across him a number of years ago when he worked for the sports supplement company, Science in Sport. He was so knowledgeable and really helpful, always there to give you advice and help whenever you need it. He's now set up his own sports nutrition company and been very successful. He works with a number of premiership football teams, rugby teams and also cyclists and triathletes including Harlequins, Millwall and Birmingham. I would advise though that you don't follow him on social media, he does end up making you feel a bit lazy because this lad runs more than Forrest Gump. So on to the show, hope you really enjoy it, I think it's an absolute belter and remember if you want to get involved, so leaving comments or questions, use the hashtag ColourFitChat and also tag in Ted which is at Ted Munson. Enjoy the show. The best way to periodise a training week. This is answered really well by John Williams a few weeks ago, who focused on the supplementation strategies in the first Colour Fit Chat. So if you haven't already, go back and have a watch. So I'm going to take a bit of a different spin on how I periodise a training week and how this is presented to the athletes that I work with. So I follow a fuel for work required theoretical framework, uh, which focuses on carbohydrate periodisation. Carbohydrate availability is adjusted according to the demands of the upcoming training sessions, the games, and depending you know, on the goal of that athlete. I like to teach my teams and individuals a simple traffic light system. So red meals, lower in carbohydrate and calories, but higher in protein, support muscle rebuild. Orange meals, promote day-to-day -day pre- and post-training fueling strategies with balanced carbohydrate, protein, and fats. Green meals are highest in carbohydrate and promote fueling, preparation, and recovery. So examples of these would be at the pre-match and post-match meal, where performance and recovery are most important. A Sunday might be a day off, but it's still match day plus one, and we know that energy expenditure might be higher than a normal off day due to match day collisions, inflammation, the body being in recovery mode, would also um, sort of pull together sort of active recovery strategies as well. Breakfast might be higher on carbohydrate on this day, and we drop down throughout the day because they're resting and recovering. On a tougher training day, say Monday to Wednesday, we'll fuel for it. And the majority of this would be like the orange meals to promote fueling, recovery. Presuming their goal is to maintain body mass, we look to match calorie intake uh, based on their energy expenditure. So an off day, say on a Thursday, there'll be majority red meals, so higher in protein, lower in carbohydrate. So with almost no exercise, there's no need to fuel for it. But energy expenditure will still be maintained. So if a player A was aimed to drop body fat, but still maintain performance, we promote a larger calorie deficit on this day. On match day minus one, we look to increase carbohydrate, you know, as over sort of seven to eight grams per kilo to promote glycogen storage ready for that game. So what's an ideal half-time nutrition plan to support second half performance? I usually recommend taking on around 40 to 60 grams of carbohydrate during the half-time period. And these amounts vary depending on position-specific factors, the size of players, and what they can actually tolerate at half time. So when a player comes in, um, you know, blood is still pumping around the body, you know, the players might not feel hungry or thirsty, uh, and depending on how the game is going, their mind might be elsewhere. You know, a huge mistake that athletes make is just like sipping a sports drink that only has 30 grams of carbohydrate and 500 mil. They have half of it, and they go out in the second half just having 15 grams of carbohydrate. The first step. Uh, is for the practitioner to trial different methods of carbohydrate and fluid intakes. And this should happen during training sessions. 
usually in pre-season, to train the gut and find a plan that works for that individual athlete. Uh, at the very minimum, a half-time changing room should include isotonic sports drinks that contain electrolytes, bananas, grapes, oat-based flapjacks, serene loaves, soft sweets and energy gels which promote quick digestion. These foods and supplements should be palatable uh, and easy to consume. Having these options promotes something for everyone. Some athletes like to drink their carbohydrates, some like to pick pieces of fruits uh, and sweets for 15 minutes. There's also those who prefer solid foods and those who just prefer to down an energy gel and get it out of the way. Taking on combinations of carbohydrate promote rapid digestion. The most popular will be the 2 to 1 glucose fructose ratio. But I think people get caught up on these ratios when the most important aspect is finding a combination that works well for the individual athlete to hit that 40 to 60 grams of carbohydrate during that time. So an example uh, for an athlete, just finished the first half, start sipping a carbohydrate electrolyte drink from the whistle, heading into the changing room. They grab half a banana and a couple of minutes before heading out, they consume an energy gel. This will provide around 50 grams of carbohydrate, key electrolytes and fluids. After we get this right, we need to think about other factors such as caffeine. We know that three milligram per kilo is an optimal dose, but some players like to split that dose pre-match and at half-time. We may also have to prepare for cramp-prone players and individualize their electrolyte intake. Immune function, prevention and management. So we're currently well into that time of year when illness usually strikes, uh, particularly that upper respiratory tract infection. And working in team sports, like, that, that can spread rapidly. Um, this has a huge detrimental effect on, on performance and, and can cost a lot for teams, especially having multiple players uh, either out or underperforming while being ill. So firstly, we need to focus on prevention. Um, and we really need to go back to the basics of, of general hygiene uh, in an athletic environment. So that's washing hands regularly, particularly after sneezing, coughing. Uh, it's so cheap and effective to just carry hand sanitizer with you. Uh, I'd also recommend avoiding shaking hands with people outside your normal group. Um, I understand this can be quite hard for people, especially athletes on match day. Getting at least eight hours of sleep is key um, and supporting that as much as possible. Uh, it could also be about creating an environment in a club that allows you know, naps between sessions and throughout the day. In general, people should uh, clean frequently used items like remote controls, kids toys, laptops, uh, especially phones. They can be really, really dirty uh, and, and it's best, uh, definitely best not to use them like when you're on the toilet and things like that. Carbohydrate intake also plays a key role in prevention, and that's making that we make, making sure that we fuel high-intensity, prolonged sessions um, through a sort of fuel per work required framework. However, you know, athletic populations are more at risk in developing uh, URTI, URTIs, uh, particularly after high-intensity exercise, uh, and this this open window of, of you know when, when an athlete could you know be more susceptible to getting ill. Uh, lasts are sort of between sort of three and seventy-two hours, and that's when athletes are most at risk. I think it's inevitable that athletes get get ill. So, so what can we do to manage it? A set of strategies that I try and adopt: uh, first of all, maintaining an energy balance, uh, especially if they do spend days in a deficit due to goal-specific reasons. So, if they're trying to uh, drop weight, lose body fat, things like that, we may look to administer uh, a Vicks First Defense nose spray. This strategy you know, may be put in place for all athletes prior to long coach or flight travel. 
We'd also look to increase carbohydrate intake during sessions through use of sports drinks and, and after sessions as well. So this could be through food or, or after a weight session. If they're used to having a low carbohydrate protein supplement, we might swap this for something like a fruit smoothie. After this food first approach and lifestyle management, uh, we'll look at using supplementation strategies that may reduce severity. So this could be, but not limited to having a thousand milligram of vitamin C per day and utilizing regular zinc acetate lozenges throughout the day. Match day plus one, supporting recovery. So the reason why I chose this topic is because there seems to be a huge emphasis on the hours post-match, which of course is very important, but I don't really hear any advice given for the day after a game, which is hugely important for a number of factors. So if it's a single game week, it gives you the opportunity to rest and recover. Um, if you have multiple games in a week, like the upcoming uh, congestive fixtures period over Christmas, uh, emphasis will be on recovering quickly, as fast as we can. Uh, depending on body composition goals, match day plus one could be used strategically. For example, if an athlete is looking to drop weight, we may want to promote a calorie deficit as we're not performing on this day. Uh, these are all important factors when it comes to match day plus one. But for the purpose of this, I'm going to discuss, uh, discuss it as if it was a, a one game week, Saturday to Saturday. Um, so the first consideration, presuming the goal is recovery, um, is, to have a is to have calorie intake match expenditure. So we have to consider that depending on the sport, RMR and then total energy expenditures may differ. So um, some research in rugby, uh, Nessan, Costello's, Nessan Costello's research at uh, Leeds Beckett showed that a single collision training session considerably increased total energy expenditure on training days. And this is also, will also be apparent for the day after uh, collisions, like those in a competitive rugby game. Exactly how much this increase in, our, in RMR on match day plus one will differ depends on many factors and could range up to 10% more than true rested physiological value. So potentially, um, you know, RMR could increase by 500 calories uh, the day after a game. Certainly for collision sports, potentially even in football, um, increases in RMR due to collisions you know, should play a factor every day. Uh, as generally, you know, train most days, they're doing collisions most days, um, and are our athletes ever fully rested? Probably not. Um, but with match day plus one, we're generally not undertaking a full training session uh, other than active and passive recoveries. So carbohydrate intake should be reduced with the emphasis on taking in high quality proteins uh, around sort of two grams per kilo, spaced out every three to four hours throughout the day. We should be promoting unsaturated fats, uh, energy dense fuel source with anti-inflammatory effects, uh, alongside antioxidants and foods high in polyphenols to promote recovery. For this, I usually recommend having you know your seven to 10 portions of fruit and vegetables a day. So a huge thanks goes out to Ted there. For me, that was the absolute perfect episode. Ted's give you loads of practical tips that you can go out straight away and put into practice there. He's been incredibly knowledgeable, he's been articulate, and he's also provided infographics that expand a lot on some of the things that he said as well. So remember, don't waste this opportunity if you want a comment or think you can contribute anything, or you want to ask Ted any questions, you can do that now. Use the hashtag ColourFitChat on, and then also tag at Ted Munson. And remember, you can catch the full episodes on the ColourFitChat podcast and also the ColourFitChat YouTube and Insta.